Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. I am Greg Litmer, and I am one of the elders of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. My friends, no one in the history of mankind has ever challenged people like our Lord Jesus did. He challenges our priorities, our values, our motives, our dedication. Jesus calls on all men to be his disciples, which means he wants all to be learners and followers of him. For us to be his disciples, Jesus demands a change in the way we live, even in the way that we think. He explains part of this in a passage found in Luke chapter 9. I'm going to go over to Luke chapter 9 and begin reading in verse 18. There we find, And it came to pass, as he was alone praying, his disciples were with him, and he asked them, saying, Whom say the people that I am? They answering said, John the Baptist, but some say Elijah and others that one of the old prophets is risen again. He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Peter answering said, The Christ of God. And he straightly charged them and commanded them to tell no man that thing, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things, and be rejected of the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be slain and be raised the third day. And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So here in the context of discussing the various views concerning him that the people were taking, Jesus told his disciples what was going to happen. He explained that he would be killed by the chief priests and scribes, a fact that would not usually provoke lasting loyalty. But then he said, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. We like to dwell on the fact that salvation is free. But Jesus shows that it came at a tremendous cost. It cost our Lord his life to make salvation available to us. We are told in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 9 that by the grace of God he should taste death for every man. Our salvation certainly was not free for Jesus, was it? But in a very real sense, it's not free for us either. To be a disciple of Jesus demands a response on our part. And that response will cost us. Indeed, in Luke 14, Jesus exhorted us to count the cost before becoming a follower of his. In the passage from Luke 9, specifically verse 23, part of what is necessary, part of counting the cost, is found. Luke 9, 23 suggests at least four steps that are essential if we would follow Jesus. First of all, note that Jesus said, If any man will come after me, that demands a decision. 
when we think about the startling claims that Jesus made, as well as the astonishing works that he performed. A thinking person just cannot remain neutral. When Jesus was asked, tell us whether thou art the Christ, the Son of God, Jesus responded with, thou hast said, which is another way of saying, yes, I am, or you have said rightly in Matthew 26, verse 64. Jesus said in John chapter 14 and verse 9, He that has seen me has seen the Father. With these kinds of statements, it is impossible to view him as just another man. So a decision is called for. When Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, he was exhorting all people to make up their minds. A firm decision one way or another, is imperative. Shortly before his death, Joshua told the children of Israel in Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 through 15, the following. He said, Now therefore fear the Lord, and serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, Choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, once we firmly and resolutely make up our minds to follow a course of action, the past becomes much easier, but only after the decision is made. Elijah being challenged by the false prophets of Baal and being ill-supported by Israel, confronted the people with these words, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. That's in 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 21. When Jesus said, If any man will come after me, he was talking about a decision that has to be made. When Paul was in prison for preaching Christ, he was given the opportunity to preach to Felix the governor, and his message was very simple, according to verse 25 of Acts 24. We are told that he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. And we are told that Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a more convenient season, I will call for thee. When does a convenient season come? Following the Lord is not a matter of convenience. It is a matter of conviction. When Paul preached to King Agrippa, his response was, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. That's Acts chapter 26 and verse 28. The problem is, almost is not good enough. It never is. Jesus calls for a decision. The second part of Luke chapter 9, verse 23 is, let him deny himself. This part of the challenge of Jesus is not too difficult to understand, but it is difficult to obey. We live in a me-first society. We are pretty much always taught to look out for number one. It is hardly truly dethrone self and put Christ in control, but that is exactly what the Lord requires. Jesus put it this way in Matthew 6, verse 33. He said, 
Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The Apostle Paul understood the principle of denying oneself. Look at how he put that in a beautiful passage found in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. He said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. That is what it means to deny self. It means that it will no longer be our will, our way, our life. It is the Lord. He is what is important and he is in control. In this day of the New Testament, should you and I bring sacrifices to the Lord? Oh yes, indeed. Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 tells us what to bring. Paul wrote, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God doesn't ask for animals in sacrifice. He asks us to give us ourselves as living sacrifices. That means that we have to give ourselves wholeheartedly to him. When a person really denies self, it is a whole new way of thinking. It's a whole new way of looking at things. I like the way Paul describes it in Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 through 5 where he wrote the following. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. It is only when we deny ourselves that we can truly live for Christ. The third part of the Lord's challenge for anyone who would be his disciple is to take up his cross daily. My friends, the cross of each person may be different from that of others, but just as Jesus bore his cross, so must we accept ours. Jesus never promised that living for him would be an easy road to travel. Look with me at Matthew chapter 10, verses 22 through 25. There the Lord was commissioning his apostles, and he said, And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. But when they persecute you in this city, flee you into another, for verily I say unto you, you shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man be come. That his disciples is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master, and the servant as his Lord. And if they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? We know that all who would live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, according to 2 Timothy 3.12. Whatever the situation may be, whatever difficulties may arise, for the one who would be a disciple of Jesus, we have just got to pick up that cross and keep on going, 
Jesus called us for a purpose. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, we read what that purpose is. Paul wrote, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Just as Jesus went about doing good works, so must we. It is by our works of obedience that we show our faith. This must be something that we do every day as a disciple of the Lord, regardless of what the circumstances or the situation might be. We simply have to take up the cross daily. One more point found in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, for those who would be disciples of the Lord, is having made the decision to come after him, having denied oneself, and having determined to take up the cross daily, one must then follow him. If we are to be his disciples, Jesus requires wholehearted loyalty and single-minded devotion. Looking at 1 Peter chapter 2, we'll read verses 21 through 24. Peter wrote, For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us example that ye should follow his steps, who did no sin, neither was guilt found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, reviled not again, when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. How do we follow Jesus? By doing as he did, by living as he did, by serving as he served, by obeying God as he obeyed. Remember, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered, and being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. If we follow in the steps of Jesus, we will do the will of the Father, just as he did. You know, a lot of people today say that obedience is just not necessary, and demanding adherence to what God has commanded is nothing but legalism, and is not part of following Jesus. But listen to what Jesus said. He said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father who is in heaven. Jesus gave a very simple test to determine whether or not a person is following him. In John chapter 14 and verse 15, he said, If you love me, keep my commandments. And then down in verse 21, he said, He that hath my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. It really is very simple. If we follow Jesus, we will do what he says. Back in Luke chapter 9, after Jesus said, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. He went on to explain the consequences in verses 24 and 25. He said, For whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself? Or be cast away. So yes, my friends, there is a cost to following Jesus. 
but it costs a whole lot more not to follow him. Important words to consider. Thanks for listening.